Hey guys, welcome to Music on Repeat, a podcast where I interview people about two songs from two different periods of their lives, talking about how it affected them and the way they listen to music. I'm your host, Susie Q. Welcome to episode four. I am here with a very special guest today, all the way from Austin, Texas. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me, Susie. Oh, thank you for being here. I have an extra special thank you because you woke up early yesterday to do this and I was having a bit of technical issues. So you woke up again early. So thank you very much, Brian. I uh, very much appreciate it. <laughs> it's not a problem, Susie. And this is this is my last day here in Spain. So I know, we were going to have this is no other opportunities besides this one. I know. That's really sad. We're going to be sad to uh, see you go, Brian. I'm going to be sad to go. I have to go back home. But um, it's been so much fun. Oh, well, it's going to be fun. This episode's going to be fun. The fun is just getting started. Um, so maybe can you tell us a little bit about yourself and explain how we know each other? Sure. So, yeah, my name's Brian. Brian Westfall. Westfall, yes. I, I always, uh, I think I was talking about this with James C. from Podcast 2. Special shout out to James for helping me with uh, the technical issues today. Thanks, James. Uh, but we always say how um, your name sounds like it could be a good band name. Like if you have a family really? one day, you could call them Brian and the Westfalls. Oh. I think that would be an amazing band name. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right now it doesn't sound great. But, you know, things change. I mean, I would listen to a band called Brian and the West Falls. Sounds almost like uh, Partridge Family-ish. Yeah, you but know? you guys could be like a, a cool version Preachy of the Partridge Family. Co- yeah. What are you talking about? The Partridge Family is cool, Susie. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. How do, how do we know each other? Let's see. Well, so I'm here in Barcelona with you, obviously. I'm here at, at the company you work for. I work for a company out of Austin. And those two companies are sister companies. They work together. So we've been working together two or three years now, I want to say. Yeah, just like sisters. Just like sisters. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's how we know each other. That's how we know each other. <laughs> and that's how we know each other. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and you are you have a bit of a musical background? Yeah, a little bit. When I was young, my... I had one of those moms that uh, made me take piano lessons. The, the kind that you hate at the time. Right. But now you're grateful. Oh, or? yeah. Okay. You, you, absolutely, <laughs> you absolutely nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did that for like 10 years. And at the time, either liked it or hated it. But now I'm like, oh, that was such a good idea. Shout out to mom. Shout, Shout out to moms. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to moms everywhere. Yeah, forcing they the kids get it. to play music. Yeah, so that's how I sort of got started, and later in school I picked up percussion and and drumming. I was on drumline in in high school, and I was... Just like the movie, drumline. Just like the movie, drumline. (laughs) I was Nick Cannon. Obviously. Then I was drummer in a few bands in high school. I drummed again a little bit in college. So yeah, I've I've sort of had this this ongoing history with with playing and and listening to music, I suppose. It's a big part of my life. Okay, awesome. Well, that is exactly why I asked you to be here today. That and your glowing personality. (laughs) Okay, so why don't we just start with your first song, um, and then we can find out more about it and you. About it or about it? About it, exactly. This is the first song for your mixtape. Short just like your temper Somewhat golden like the afternoons We used to spend 
Okay, Brian. So what song was that? That song was called Mixtape, and it is by a band called Brand New. Okay, and why did you choose that song? So the reason I chose that song, you got to put it sort of in a, in, a, in a time frame. So that that was Brand New's first album, came out around 2001. I would have been I would have been 10, 11 years old. But I didn't discover this until I was 15, 16. Okay. So that would have been more like 2006. So they had already come out with other albums. Yeah, at that point, I think Deja Entendu was out. I think the album after that, The Devil and God, Rage Inside Me, was also out. Um, So I think most of my cooler friends already knew who Brand New was, but I guess I was just behind the times. Um, (laughs) Cool cool to me. You were a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. (laughs) So 16-year-old Brian in high school... Probably listened to a lot of Blink-182, Green Day, older stuff too, like Black Sabbath and oh, wow. The Who and and Led Zeppelin and all those things. But either like classic rock or, or really like the pop punk that was, you know, popular really, really at popular yeah. at the time. And another important thing that happened at this time was I was, I was dating this girl. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. yeah. And we were dating for a couple months, and I was totally like, oh my god, I'm in love with this girl. Was this, this was your first love? This was or like my first, first... What you thought was love? This was my first, like, yeah, serious girlfriend, I guess. I had, like, you know, like, middle school dating. <laughs> you know, like, the, yeah, the know. dumb stuff. This was, like, the first, like, serious girlfriend. Okay. And we dated for a couple months, and then after a while, she stopped talking to me and then we just she broke up with me oh brian i know what a bitch <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> so you were sad so i was sad and i was i was upset as heartbroken teenagers are yeah and as heartbroken teenagers are i i went to music as an outlet for my feelings inside it's not just teenagers that do that I it is uh, yeah i but hear that you went you, i guess you went to this I think it's like especially genre. teenagers, though. It's yeah. like you don't want to talk to anyone. You just want to be don't alone talk in your to room. Me, Mom. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> Slam the door. Right. And the music I was running into just wasn't doing it for me. There was a lot of, it was either like, you know, I don't need you. I'm going to be fine without you. Kind of <laughs> like, I'm okay type of thing. And you weren't feeling that. Wasn't feeling that. You were not fine without her. And I wasn't feeling like the super depressing, like, oh, I miss you so much. I wish you were here. That, that sort of thing. I was just in a completely different mindset. I was just like irrational and I was mad and I was angry and there was no music that was that was talking to that. And then you found brand new. Yeah, and then I found this album which is called Your Favorite Weapon and it is very much like a breakup album. I think the lead singer, he was dating someone and then she cheated. The story goes that she cheated on him with the guitarist from Taking Back Sunday. Oh, wow. Because they're both from uh, New York. Yeah. Oh, Scandalous. Drama. Scandal. Very, very scandalous. So this album was written about that girl. For the most part, yeah. So there's two songs on there that are very, like, obviously pointed at this girl. One was um, 70 times 7, and the other one was this one, which is called Mixtape. And I remember listening to it, and I was like, yes, this is how I feel. It was very snarky and... <laughs> a little bit emo? Bitter, a little emo, a little, you know, just like, a, just mad. Yeah. It was just mad and just like, oh, I just hate you, you yeah. know? 
And you know, you over time, like those feelings mellow out, and you're of fine. Course. But like, I just wanted something that, like, at the moment, at the end, the moment, like, validated what I was feeling. I was like, yes, this is it. So obviously, that's all lyrical content, right? Right. I got a twenty dollar bill that says, "No one's ever seen you without makeup." Like, really, like, Ooh, you know, yeah. really, like, cheap. So basically, kind of high school. Style. Very high very school. High school. Very, very high school. I think that album at that time that band they were basically high schoolers or maybe oh really yeah they were that young oh yeah super oh, wow. super young yeah so that's funny you say that she went with the guy from taking back sunday yeah i wonder if he wrote songs about her too the song what is that song cute without the e cut from the oh, team yeah. i think that's about uh their feud so to speak with brand new so there's there, there's one girl that's basically dominating all the all the right. songs. She's like the, the Yoko Ono of <laughs> yeah. emo or pop punk, right? But anyway, yeah, I heard I heard this song. I was like, yeah, wow. And I, I talked to you about this earlier, Susie. It's pretty sad that you can't play the whole song on on your podcast for for legal reasons. But if you're listening, I would encourage you to to check that song out. And listen all the way through. It's a short one. It's like two minutes two and a half minutes yeah and i will put the link i put the links to the songs in my, in my blog so you can check it out there and if well. you listen to it it's just the simplest song and then at the end it devolves into absolute chaos like jarring guitar sounds feedback like all sense of rhythm gets lost like the drummer's just hitting everything anything and yeah. it's just like i thought that was so cool <laughs> So in terms of your own experience then in, in bands at this time, was it at this time that you were dabbling in Yes. Playing? This was all around the same time. I was on Drumline. I was in a few bands in high school. I was in one band called The Inverts, the which Inverts. was like kind of like a pop punk band with, with some of my friends. Do you remember the significance of why you guys chose that name? Uh, the Inverts. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that could have been an interesting story. But... I no nothing interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then I was in another band, which was a little more punk, I guess, a little more hardcore, called My Adversary. Oh. And I was drummer in both. And this is all around the same time. So like listening to a lot of like Alkaline Trio and discovering brand new and being on Drumline and this girl and uh, being in the bands and stuff, sort of. All these, all these uh, formative moments, formative years, right. if you will. So this music inspired the kind of music that you wanted to play in your bands or the, that you wanted to be a part of playing, would you say? Yeah, a little bit. I don't think we ever played that type of music. We leaned in other directions, but that, was, that album, once I discovered it, and that obviously led me to discover the rest of brand new's discography that was out at that point like i was just listening to those records constantly because i was like this is it this is the kind of music i i love um so yeah that's 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 the story behind mixtape i guess and what about now do you still go back and listen to it is it still in your on your playlists or in your repertoire i still go back to that first album uh often I would say that one and their third album, The Devil and God, which I think more people listen to that album and know about that album than the first ones. They, it has that song, um, Jesus Christ, probably like their biggest hit that everyone likes. But they get they definitely get older and they get more serious. Yeah, and it's, it's as, almost, you, it, as you've gotten older and more serious. Yes, <laughs> as I've gotten older and more serious. Um, but yeah, that album will always hold sort of a, a special place in my heart and... I, I always go back and forth on like what my favorite track on that album is, but um, you know, mixtapes—it's uh, a special one. It's great. It's always up there on the on the top of the list. Oh yes. Okay, great. So as you've grown and matured, I guess so has your 
musical taste. I'd like to think so. So why don't we play your second song and see if if that's true? How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, so yes, that song definitely sounds different than the last. Uh, do you want to tell us, Brian, what song that was? Sure. Um, okay, this is, this is a long one, so are you ready for this? I'm ready. The song is called Fare Thee Well, parentheses, Dink's song. It is by Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford of Mumford & Sons fame. And it is from the soundtrack to the movie Inside Lewin Davis which was released in 2013, 2014. Wow. Okay. That is a lot of information to yeah. take. <laughs> okay. First, so first We try all, to be comprehensive here. Yes. That's very on good. On the Suzy Q we, podcast. We should be. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um, okay. So let's start maybe with the, the fact that it's from a movie. Sure. Uh, the movie is Inside Lewin Davis, you mm-hmm. said. This is obviously then how you discovered the song, correct? Yes. So... I think in uh, it probably started in college when I started really getting into movies and film and seeking out things I hadn't seen before or, you know, it's not just like the major blockbusters or whatever yeah. else was watching, renting stuff from the school library, stuff like that, going to... VHS or DVD? This would be DVD, okay. DVD or Blu-ray. Okay. You know, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. I'm only... <laughs> yeah, we, I went and checked out the 8-track player. And then, <laughs> no. But anyway... Uh, so I got really into film in college, and I've sort of held on to that. And yeah, this is just a movie I saw when it came out in, I, I think I saw it in 2014. And it's just one of my favorite movies. It's it's a Coen Brothers movie, and if you're, you know the Coen mm-hmm. Brothers, you know Fargo, yeah. The Big Lebowski, yeah. stuff like that. Um, this one kind of went under the radar a little bit, but, uh, anyone who's seen it can tell you it's, it's a really great movie. And a big part of that movie is, is the soundtrack, which did is it, where the song comes from. Did it go under the radar? I thought it was, I thought it won an Oscar or nominated or something. I think it won maybe one Oscar oh, or so it was that's, nominated that's under the for radar one. Now. A little bit. <laughs> like it was, you I remember watching, I remember okay. watching the Oscars that year and I was upset that it didn't win more or wasn't nominated for more but anyway yeah that, it's just a great movie and I, I felt well one this is just a hard challenge to begin with Susie. like you really put it on I, your guests <laughs> to like really think about what songs to include it's like being in like the biggest library in the world and you can only pick two books like it's well, almost I, unfair i know what books i would choose well Okay, what books would you choose? <laughs> I would choose A Hundred Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm-hmm. And I would choose The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by Junot Diaz. That's, that's yeah. really impressive. Thank you. You, had a, you just had an answer ready to <laughs> go. You've thought about this before. <laughs> so I hadn't thought about this before. Like what two songs, you know, yeah. I wanted them to be different. I wanted them to represent different parts of my life um, and, and sort of have significance. 
and that's hard because yeah. you, you feel like you're you're shortchanging shortchanging yeah. a lot of bands that you really love like i wish i could talk about thrice or manchester orchestra or radiohead or even things i've been listening to a lot lately like run the jewels or oh, run the jewels big up to brian for introducing me to run the jewels oh yeah susie had never heard of run the jewels before well, i've heard i had heard of run the jewels but i hadn't bothered listening to them because i don't think they're as big here as they are in right America. they're huge in the states right yeah. now but um I, i'm glad i could yes. i could show you the way because they're amazing yes i've been listening to call tickertron call tickertron yeah Gets me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Gets me in the mood to fight people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, this song just sort of, it talks to my love of movies. It talks to my love of music and movies. And I definitely, you know, when you watch a movie and it's just like the perfect music cue for a moment, like it, it sticks with me. And I always try to like, I've definitely seeked out and, and discovered new music because of movies because of of television yeah that happens to me a lot as well i always pull out my shazam and you know yep. like stop everything i need to know what song that is definitely um i think this one's cool too because it's sort of a special case the the movie is about a folk singer in 1960s uh, greenwich village mm-hmm. sort of right before bob dylan becomes a big deal and like that whole scene blows up and it's about this like sort of sad sack folk singer trying to like make it who it's he's played by oscar isaac yes who is the guy that sings the song with yes so yeah he learned how to play guitar and and he sings all his own songs in in the movie wow um and so that's why the soundtrack's really interesting it's a combination of like actors um who learned to sing or were already good singers Mm -hmm. so oscar isaac sings a bunch of things on this uh, Justin Timberlake is in the movie. He sings on a couple songs. Oh, big up, JT. But, you know, he's, he's, we already knew he could kind of do it. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is the other actress in it. She sings a little oh, so bit, that's, too. That's, there's the connection there right. with Marcus Mumford. Marcus Mumford. Mm-hmm. It all, yeah, it all comes around. But then um, this is also sort of my gateway into new, like, modern folk music, mm-hmm. which I kind of, I'd only really dabbled in before. I'd listen to bands like Good Old War or you know, Fleet Foxes, yeah. stuff like that. And then through this movie and, and the music that's featured, I discovered bands like the Punch Brothers, the Milk Carton Kids. I dived more into like the Avid Brothers, you know, artists and bands like that, which I, I still listen to a lot to this day. Awesome. So would you say that your musical tastes now are more geared towards that kind of thing? Or this was a point in time in 2013, 2014, where you were getting into folk. Uh, but what's your what's your kind of go-to now? I think my, my history with music has definitely been, I discover like a new genre or subgenre and I get obsessed with it and I try to find everything in it that I can. And then over time, I get tired of it or I move on to something else. And like only the really, really good stuff stays with me. So that's kind of how I've been as I, I've gone along. I definitely, you know, I think everyone's kind of like this. They go through phases. Yeah, like definitely. I definitely had like a classic rock phase and a pop punk phase and a hardcore phase. Yeah. And well, I feel like I go through phases like every week, you know, one week I'll listen to nothing. But oh, yeah, folk, for and The sure. next week it's like hip hop and the next week it's something else completely different. So. Right. And that's sort of the beauty of, you know, being a music listener today is like if you have a Spotify premium account, yeah. it's just like you are open to almost the entire world of what's out yeah. there. 
you're not limited to what's in like your CD case, yeah. right? Yeah. You can just kind of like, oh, I want to listen to this, I want to listen to this, I want to listen to this. Um, so uh, I don't know. I like to think my, my tastes are pretty eclectic. Eclectic and yeah. wide ranging. Yeah. I listen to rap and hip hop. I listen to harder music. I listen to folk and, and pop. And I think the only one I, I really, I don't listen to that much jazz and I don't listen to country. Those yeah, are kind of that's yeah. kind of where I draw the line as well. Country music. Mm-hmm. Although lately I've been listening to some what people tell me is country, but I I kind of refuse to. Oh, is it the song it. you showed me? Yeah, the Daniel Norgren, I think. His yes, name was. wasn't is he? A, did you say he was Norwegian or uh, Icelandic? I think he was Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely Swedish, like American S- country music. Well, the, <laughs> that's the what Swedish it part like. gives it a bit of the edge that I but like. But it's not bad. It's good. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not going to say I don't listen to any country music. I know. I mean, you you live in Texas, so. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in Texas that refuse to listen to country music. Based on principle. (laughs) Yeah, I just think, yeah. I mean, especially where popular country music is now, a lot of like, I got my big truck and my like, you know, like that sort of thing. And my dog. Yeah. But I mean, growing up, my dad listened to a lot of like Shania Twain. Shania Twain's great. Big up Shania Twain, Big up Shania Twain. Oh, she is Canadian. That's right. Um, (laughs) You know, George Strait, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Like I still listen to some of that stuff, I guess. If I think of any recent artists, uh, Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, he's he's a big one. He's really good. All my friends back in Canada are big country music fans. Oh really? So they're all listening to these people and I'm totally off my radar. (laughs) Right. So I I say like, oh, I got the, I got pretty eclectic music taste, but I'm also pretty surface level. I think I know I have a lot of friends and stuff that can really dive deep and find these like obscure bands and stuff and, and that's awesome and they're into that and I can't you know when I discover something cool but I I don't I don't take as much time as I used to to kind of find those hidden gems I guess the the thing with Spotify is that it does open up to more possibilities but Mm -hmm. it also takes much more time because there's just so much there right yeah you can get lost in a sort of a wormhole and it's kind of work to to find it yeah I mean, not as much work as it used to be. You used to, yeah, have to go exactly. down to the record store. Well, and just, that was fun. I think, yeah. I think when I first started buying CDs and stuff, I went, we went to like the bookstore or something like Barnes and Noble or, you know, just go to the CD section. Yeah. What was your first CD, Susie? My first CD was Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, that's a good one. My dad bought that for me and my sister to share when we were young. Uh-huh. We're only a year apart. We shared a room, so. Okay. But the first CD I got myself was Mm. Brandy. Wow. (laughs) That's good. I loved Brandy back in the day. Brandy's great. Brandy, Moesha. Oh my gosh. I was Mm. obsessed. Mine's less cool than that. That's why I'm hesitant to say what it is. It was, um, yeah, the first album I bought was Eiffel 65 Europop. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, The Blue Dabba (laughs) D song. Remember that? I'm Blue Dabba D. Yeah. How could I forget? Uh, that song's yeah. probably going to be in my head for the rest of right. the day. <laughs> Every now and then I go back and listen to that record. It's Really? It's like, it's very dated. Is that when you're blue or? <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember I used to put it on when I would uh, play with Legos. <laughs> when I was like assembling Legos <laughs> and stuff. Were, when you were what? I don't know. I was probably like. 16. <laughs> probably like. I don't know, like 10, 11, that sort of thing. Yeah, put on some Europop and just like put some Legos just together. Just go with it, Just right? go on a ride. <laughs> just go on a wild <laughs> ride. Um, so I wanted to go back a little bit to, to Texas. So you're from Austin, which has quite a burgeoning live music scene, or or so they say. Um, right. What do you think about the Austin music scene as so it is now? So I've lived in Austin now for about four years. 
and in Austin terms, uh, that's obviously like pretty new. There's people that have been there since like the 60s and the 70s, and they always talk about how it was better. And oh yeah, but everyone talks about how every place was always better. That's that's true. Um, but with Austin especially, like they definitely label themselves as like the live music capital of the world. Yeah, and, which when what I experienced that when I was there, I've been there twice now, and I I felt like there was live music everywhere. Mm-hmm. We went out one night to Rainy Street, I think it was, mm-hmm. and every bar, just bar after bar, there was live music. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you you come there and you're like, oh, you know, it's great music scene. There's all these bands and stuff. But if you live there, it's actually kind of dying out, which is kind of sad. A lot of like the smaller local music venues that have been there forever. Yeah. They're closing down because, you know, it's becoming an expensive city. Yeah. People aren't going to local shows as much who move here. Musicians are moving out of Austin because it's too expensive to live here. We definitely still have the big festivals, obviously, like yeah. South by Southwest. We have Austin City yeah. Limits. Fun, fun, fun. There's a bunch of them. Uh, and that's really where Austin sort of makes its money and gets recognized as a, as a music yeah. place to be for music as these big, big festivals. Right. But in terms of like, you know, these rising local acts, like this this hotbed of, of new music, that, that part is kind of like waning and dying out That's sadly i mean maybe maybe you guys are a bit spoiled if well from what i experienced it was there was still a lot of live music yeah may, that so could also be it. just a little spoiled yeah but, just a little uh, bit spoiled i think yeah if if you're walking down rainy street and you know there's bands playing or, or whoever and you'd be like oh like look at all this live music and you say that to someone who's been there like 34 you'd be like well imagine what it used to be you yeah know? that's what they'll probably say i mean barcelona has quite a I guess it has quite a big live music scene, but it's not not to that level. There's a lot of festivals and big name concerts here, but it's very rare that you can just go into a place and there's a live band. Well, maybe I don't go to the right places. I don't know. Right. And yeah, even in like just myself, I just don't really go to local shows anymore. I guess I guess the toler uh, I was going to say like the tolerance level, but like I just don't have the energy or, or desire to go out and see like a new band, I guess, as much yeah. or like just discover local music that way. Maybe partly that's because I was in bands and like had to listen to a lot of terrible bands yeah. <laughs> when, you know, play shows and stuff. Not that they were we were great or anything. We were probably pretty terrible, too. No, you guys were probably good. <sighs> they, had, they had Brian Westfall on the drums. I'm wow. Sure they were great. Susie. That's so kind. <laughs> probably not true, but so kind. Um, I mean, like, there's little things. I, I know right now, a lot of people, when it comes to Austin and music, they're talking about the electronic scene, um, which has gotten a lot of attention lately because of that Netflix show, Stranger Things. Oh, that show. Yeah. That little show. The theme song, which was done by a band called Survive, mm-hmm. is in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. And there's a sort of, like, pocket there of, like... Um, electronic music that's yeah. that's getting a lot of attention so that's that's cool there's that's, always that's pretty cool yeah the theme song you mean the opening credits yeah 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 okay yeah the one that everyone's like obsessed with and they're yeah, like I've, I've, i was obsessed with that as well I, I think i watched like one or two episodes of the show i couldn't get into what it. yeah you didn't even watch stranger things i didn't watch stranger things i feel like you I, would it's love on that record show. now that's what people tell me maybe i'll get around to it someday maybe you, maybe. maybe you should brian I think maybe you i should love it. you know so in terms of famous artists from Austin, then your biggest claim to fame, is that Willie Nelson? Uh, yeah, that would, it would have to be Willie Nelson, I would imagine. And then maybe like, you know, Explosions in the Sky. Yes, who are one of my all-time favorite bands. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's one band I can listen to all day, every day. 
Never really got into them either. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, when they show up in things, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Explosions in the Sky. Yeah. You know, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, exactly. And Similar to the other song you chose, they have a lot of kind of ambient music that's perfect for these dramatic movies, TV shows, scoring type things. Right, for sure. Okay, so just a couple more questions. We have to wrap up quite soon and start working, which oh, is no lame. fun. Well, it's like my last day it's of work. It's your last day of so. work. Well, I don't know if I'm going to do ever, much work. You will be, Brian. I'm going to I'm going to be on you. Make sure you're <laughs> working hard. Damn it. Um so you are married. Yes, this is true. And during weddings, people tell me, I don't know, I've been to that many weddings. <laughs> okay, I've been to a couple. Uh there's a dance. Yes, the first dance. What song did you choose for your first dance? Wow, that's that's an interesting question. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an important day, right? It's a special day for you and your wife. It is. And that's a big moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of talks about like what our first dance song was going to be. I think all people who get married have that discussion. But we did our first dance to an acoustic version of Maroon 5's Sunday Morning. Oh, but yes. it was sung by Maroon 5? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because so going back to that one girlfriend in high school from the first song. She who shall not be named. She who shall <laughs> not be named. Just kidding, like. She's fine. Uh, the next girl I dated, that would be my senior year of high school. She ended up being my wife. Oh, how romantic. Uh, so romantic. sweethearts. And yeah, one of the first things we sort of bonded over was our love of that like first Maroon 5 album, Songs About Jane, which okay. is like, it's still a good album, Susie. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> well, like... I did listen to it back in the day. Yeah, well, like if you listen to Maroon 5 now, like they're terrible, you know? It's just yeah, like, I don't listen to Maroon 5 now, Right, yeah. So. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's real bad right now. But like that first album will always have that. But anyway, we both really like that song, Sunday Morning. Yeah, we found this like nice, slowed down acoustic version of it. And that's what we did our first dance to. How sweet. So do you guys have similar tastes in music or does it does it diverge? We really don't. I'm definitely more active, like seeking out new music, listening to maybe not as well-known bands type person. She's more so like... So you're more hipster is what you're saying. I guess. And I'm really <laughs> not that hipster, but I am more hipster than my wife. Um, and she listens to, you know, mostly like top 40, nothing wrong with that. I like top 42, but yeah, we definitely have different music tastes. You've been going on and on about that. Uh, oh, I, the no I embarrass you? Oh, the no <laughs> the, I mean, this will probably date me when it comes out. Cause it probably won't be cool anymore, but that's fine. Uh, that Noah Sarah song. Yeah. My Miley's little sister. Yeah. It's so catchy though. It's uh, ridiculously catchy. I don't see And it's it. probably auto-tuned to shit, but I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're on record yeah. liking that song. I'm on record liking that song. That is a good song. So yeah, we really don't share the same music tastes, but um, she's a trooper. And, you know, if, if there's a show coming up, we'll go together. Um, even if she's not necessarily into the band like I am, we definitely go to Austin City Limits every year, which is great because, you know, if I want to see a band, I can go off and see them. If she wants to see someone else, she can go off and see them. Like, it, it's good for that type of, like, yeah. we have different tastes yeah, and we can it, find out different things. Yeah, cater to everything there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome. Okay, so one final question. Mm-hmm. Go to karaoke song. What is it? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Ignition Remix by R. Kelly. Absolutely. One hundred percent. What? Yes. Brian, that is not what I would have expected from you. What would what were you expecting? I don't know. Something a bit less raunchy. <laughs> it is, I guess it's a little raunchy, but it's 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 a great song, Susie. 
Uh, I, I think I, I would say it. I did jam back. In if the it's day. not the number one song of the aughts, you know that period of like 2001 to 2010 type. Yeah. It's not number one. It's got to be like top five. I, I wouldn't say number one, but yeah, I was more of a Ja Rule kind of girl back in those days. Oh, ja Rule ja and Ashanti. Yeah, please. Always on time. Always, always there when you call. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's yours? Um, well, I I've only done karaoke once. Oh, that time you were in Austin? That time I was in Austin, mm-hmm. and my song was Outcast, Miss Jackson. But would that be your go-to? I mean, maybe it should be now. I was actually hoping for Bombs Over Baghdad. Oh, I love Bombs Over Baghdad. But they didn't have it at the uh, There's at the no... End. Susie, you're a very talented individual. I don't know if you could do karaoke oh. Bombs Over Baghdad. Oh, you have no That's idea, fast. Ryan. You have no idea. When I was little, I looked up all mm-hmm. the lyrics, mm-hmm. and I printed it off. Could you spit it? Could you spit game yeah. on Bombs Over yeah. Baghdad? and I would just sit there and read the lyrics and sing along and memorize all the lyrics to the song. That's amazing. Yeah. I did the same thing, but with um, the Outcast song, The Whole World. Oh, yeah. But that's... Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's pretty fast as well. Yeah, a little bit. Not as fast as Bombs Over Baghdad, so kudos to you. Well, if we, if we find a, a karaoke bar one day with that song, I'll, uh, <laughs> you can I'll, prove I'll it. spit some fire. <laughs> yes, please do. Spit all the fire, Susie. Spit all the fire. Okay, well, that's about all the time we have today, Brian. But thank you so much again for waking up early two days in a row to come record this with me. Oh, it's uh, been a pleasure, Susie. It's been a pleasure, and we'll miss you. We'll miss you when you go back I'll to Austin. I miss you, too. It's been, yeah, it's I, been a great two weeks with you in the office. Yeah, I got to go back to my, my normal life, I suppose. Your normal life and your cute dog. Oh, yeah, my dog. I miss my dog. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be all bad, but it also, you know, I've been on vacation. Vacation's great. Yeah. Um, but it's been special. I've had a lot of fun here, You've including special, being on this awesome podcast. Oh, so thank, thank you. you, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you all for listening. Uh, tune in next time when I have another exciting guest. Bye.